Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In part four of his Discourse on Method, Descartes is going to use the terms being and nothingness in a way that I think may trip up many contemporary readers who aren't quite getting what he's attempting to say, which was perfectly clear in his own time, but maybe less clear for those of us in the present who aren't used to thinking in these these ways. So it's worth dwelling on precisely what role being being and nothingness have in Descartes' arguments and explanations and, and how these actually work for him. And it will help us to think about the nature of the human being and our mind and our ideas as well. So let's start with some general associations. So Descartes talks about truth, which is what he's seeking in the discourse, and he's focused on knowledge. And knowledge and truth are, in certain ways, correlative terms, right? Knowledge is of the true, and we can say that knowledge is a true relation between the mind and, and other things. An idea can be true for Descartes. Connections of ideas can be true. We even have an idea of truth implanted within us, as he says at another point. He also uses the language of participation. And this may throw us a bit because we might be thinking of it in a very platonic way in terms of the, you know, the forms. And Descartes doesn't have something like that in mind, but he does think that there is a way in which we, you might say, take on something from what it is that we're participating in. And what is it that true things or knowledge participates in? Being. The, the most broad thing that you can say, existence. So let's take something fairly simple and assume that this is actually correct and I'm not photoshopping things, right? The chalk is in my hand, a true proposition. It, now a proposition within your mind. There is a being here, as a matter of fact, a, a number of beings all related to each other in certain ways. And they have being. And as you're understanding that, the ideas that you have are participating in being just as much as this chalk is, or I you know, communicating to you are. Now it gets a bit trickier when we get to the opposite, right? What about falsity? What about when things are not at the way that we claim that they are or the way that we think that they are? If I say the chalk is in my hand and you see there is no chalk there and I say, oh no, 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 I insist. It's there. You just can't see it. Now I'm deceiving you. And if you believe me, you are in fact deceived. The way Descartes talks about this, which I think may be a little bit tricky, we have to wrap our heads around this, is that when something like that is occurring, there is a participation no longer in being, but in nothingness. The French term for that, remember the discourse is written in French originally, néant, nothingness, non-being, could translate it as nothing if you want, although usually rien would be translated as nothing. It means a lack or a privation or simply the absence of being. So falsity in a certain respect is a lack of being, not a total lack of being, because if there was absolutely nothing there, there couldn't be anything false. If there wasn't a hand to say, the chalk is right here, there's a being here, but there's a being that's missing the chalk. 
You registering it as a false proposition means that in a way you're participating in being and you're also participating in non-being in a weird sort of way. So if you, if Descartes doesn't really dwell on this that much, but if you think this through, I think that will help you to understand what he's actually saying in part four of the discourse on method. So let's go on a little bit further. He's talking about what goes on when we get things wrong. So our ideas that are false, remember that for Descartes, what is the criterion of ideas that are actually true? Clarity and distinctness. The idea is in fact clear and it is distinct from other ideas that it might resemble in some way. Now, we're often wrong about that. We think that things are clearer and more distinct than they really are. And so we get mixed up and we mistake the false for the true. When we do that, our ideas are actually the opposite. They are to some degree confused. That's the opposite of clear. Clear ideas, you could say, show themselves to be such. Confused ideas are kind of a mess, right? Think about when you try to explain your emotions to somebody. Those are generally rather un unclear ideas, right? Or confused ideas and obscure, right? Actually confused, the opposite of distinct, obscure, right? In any case, we might mix ideas up with others. We can't tell them apart. And there can be sort of like a bottom level. These things are not clear and distinct. And then a higher level, we think that they actually are. So there can be a participation in falseness or in nothingness that's going on in two ways. Again, a little bit more complicated than what Descartes is talking about here, but that's part of the background metaphysics. By doing that, that's when he says that they actually participate in nothingness or non-being. So things being ambiguous, things being unclarified, things getting substituted for each other without us actually realizing it. As for example, when we transfer some things, some properties that belong over here to something over here by the use of our imagination, we're participating to a certain degree in nothingness by doing so. And again, I realize that this is a, a rather strange way of talking for some, but this is a metaphysics that makes sense within Descartes' work. Now, here's the really interesting question that we can ask ourselves. So far, we've been talking about our ideas, which are things, you know, we can say they're in our head. They're not really in our head. They're in our mind, right? And we've been talking about things out there in the world or perhaps the ideas that we have of them or ideas like that of God and, and the being that God would be and, and so on and so forth. What is our own nature or metaphysical status? Descartes tells us that it is imperfect. We are not God. That's why we doubt. That's why we lack knowledge. That's why we get deceived. That's why we believe false things to be true sometimes and true things to be false sometimes. And sometimes can't even tell true and false apart from each other. So we're imperfect. What does that mean about our own metaphysical status? That means that we are poised in between full being and nothingness. Now I'm representing this with my hands in a sort of spatial way. There is no continuum in that sense, right? It's not like there's a scale where being is on one side and nothingness is on the other because nothingness isn't anywhere. There is no nothingness, strictly speaking. 
And yet we do participate in it. This may in fact sound to many of you like reflections coming from Heidegger or Sartre. Sartre has an entire book called Being and Nothingness. But these are reflections that are already there within Rene Descartes and the discourse on method. They're underlying the background. So what is our goal then? Our goal by perfecting our minds is to perfect our very being, to participate more fully in being and participate less in nothingness by getting our ideas clear and distinct and rejecting ideas that are not such as being false or, or being beyond the pale. We in effect strip nothingness away from us, or if you like, we remove ourselves from the nothingness and closer to the perfection of full being. This goes a little bit beyond what Descartes is saying here in the discourse, but I hope that you find this useful for understanding Descartes' references to not just truth and falsity, but to participation in being and participation in nothingness. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.